0: Welcome to Startup to Last, a podcast about building profitable software businesses that are meant to last. Hi, I'm Tyler. I run a bootstrapped SaaS company called Less Annoying CRM. And hi, I'm
1: Rick. I'm the founder of Leg Up Ventures, which owns and operates software companies that empower underdogs.
0: This week, we're going to take a break from doing deep dive topics and discuss what's on everyone's mind right now, which is uh, the coronavirus, COVID-19 thing, and the fact that the stock market seems to be tanking right now. So this will be a little bit of a kind of unfocused exploration of just how we should be thinking about it and if there's anything we should do to react to that stuff. Um, So let's start with giving some updates on what we've been up to. All right. So what's up this week, Rick? Hey, Tyler, how's it going? Good. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, no one's really good right now, but you know. Oh,
1: yeah. It's hard. It's really hard to have conversations right now because some people are in really bad places.
0: Yeah. I'm not personally, but obviously you want to be empathetic to uh like uh, what we're referencing here of course is like coronavirus going around uh or do you call it covid 19 which term do you prefer i like coronavirus coronavirus okay that and you know we just had the second horrible stock market day of the week and all that stuff so uh we'll get into all of that but you know there's kind of a somber undertone of everything here
1: (laughs) yeah yeah and uh, you never know who's being impacted the most, uh, in your conversations all day. So it's, uh, I've, I'm trying to learn. I've had to learn over the last week to be more thoughtful about what I'm saying. And then also be prepared for people to be somewhat emotionally charged people that normally aren't that way being surprisingly emotionally charged as,
0: as a result of the fallout. Yeah, definitely. And maybe we should just start like the disclaimer with this episode that we're, we are going to dive into like how this impacts our businesses and stuff like that. But that uh, obviously takes second stage to the the human impact and stuff like that. So we may not talk about that as much today, but it obviously is the more important aspect here.
1: Yeah. So um, where are you right now?
0: So I'm in a place you'd rather not be. I'm in San Francisco. Mm. (laughs) Um, I, I was in Colorado last week and then came to San Francisco. And right around the time I flew here was about the time it was like Probably shouldn't be traveling. (laughs) How many people were on your flight? Uh, I think it was full, but it it was it was from Telluride or from um, some small town in Colorado to San Francisco. It was a really tiny plane, but were were
1: you skiing in Telluride? Yeah. How
0: was it? Uh, You know, conditions were not good because it hasn't snowed much this winter. But I love. Have you been to Telluride?
1: No, I've I've heard like there's a bluegrass festival there in the Mm -hmm. summer that I'm I've committed to like three people that I'm going to go to before I die. (laughs) Um, but I want, I want, I've heard great things about the town.
0: It's an amazing town. But one of the reasons it's great is it's really hard to get to, which means it's kind of smaller and a little less, uh, crowded than other ski towns. Mm. interesting. Well, but that park city used to be that way. Yeah, it used to be. It's too (laughs) close to an airport. That's the thing. It's like, you you just fly into Salt Lake and you're, you're there. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, (laughs) so, (laughs) so what, where,
1: where, what brings you to San Francisco?
0: Um, I was just going to come here, you know, I used to live here and come back periodically and my Shelly, my fiance, is having her bachelorette here. So I thought I'd tag, I'm not going on the bachelorette, but I tagged along to just enjoy the city while she's doing that. Wait, this is bachelorette weekend? This coming one is, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, we'll
1: see. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad that your bachelor party is over. I do not, re- I do not want to relive that experience.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, this is this is also just an interesting time where we're in the process of deciding if our May wedding can oh, happen or not.
1: Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I did not even think about that. Well, let's let me, let me. I'll go ahead and move into my updates, and then yeah. I, I would love to talk more about coronavirus. Um, it's impacting me in a lot of different ways right now, and uh, you know, I would say that I'm probably one of the people who's least impacted by it right now, which is right. Which is nice, but at the same time, I'm still seeing massive impact on me. So I can't imagine someone what someone's going through who's being more directly impacted. So um, Panda Labs, uh, so remember Group Current is one of, the, one of the businesses I work on. We have uh, one client called Panda Labs. We recently decided not to acquire other clients and focus exclusively on Panda Labs. That was about three or four weeks ago. It has made the biggest difference. Um, we are moving so much more quickly on the on getting to a sustainable model, community model, and uh, it. Uh, we're we're working more collaborative. We're more collaborative. We're less stressed. It's awesome. So focus when you know focus for the win with Group Current and yeah. Beta Labs. Um, we're, this um, over the next couple of weeks, um, we are going to be switching to a new member management software, which will. Uh, Take the community from just a sort of a in-person type networking community to a both in-person and virtual community where people can do all kinds of things. Um, we're going to be using Mighty Networks. If you have, if you're looking at community management software and you haven't found the right one, I highly recommend Mighty Networks. They've they've built what Group Current was trying to figure out how to build. And now that I've seen what they've built, it's like Group Current just does, needs to go in a different direction because we're just going <laughs> to use Mighty Network for all of our customers. <laughs> awesome. It's uh, it's impressive. So because of that, I have a really clear picture of what my next 30 to 45 days looks like uh, for Group Current. And it's scratching all my creative muscles and all the things I like to do. So I'm really excited about my work there. Um, it's going to take 30, 45 days to try to figure out how to Transition 150 people to the new platform without screwing up billing and all our back office stuff, and mm-hmm. making them annoyed, um, while also making sure that new members can continue to sign up and have a good experience. So um, that that I have my work cut out for me. One thing that is impacting Panda Labs because most of the value proposition, in you know, right now is around in person events and in person networking. Uh, we have a monthly event that. We members really rely on and associate with why they're paying for their membership fees, and we just made the decision uh, to cancel the the March event. Uh, I want to talk to you about later about why we did that. Um, yeah. But uh, I, one one thing that I want to say right now is I didn't. I was a few weeks ago. I was like I didn't really understand why we were taking the measures because the death rate wasn't crazy you know it wasn't like this is the bubonic plague um in terms of death rate but what i what i recently have learned and appreciate is um is we're not going to stop the spread of this disease but we the, the more we can slow it down and sort of spread it out over time the 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 more we can weather the more, the better we can weather the, its impact, both from like a economic standpoint as countries and a global economy, but also as micro like employers um, and uh, healthcare systems uh, in terms of serving people. So, you know, I I I, I recently did a one eighty from. Oh come on! What like I don't need to worry about this too. Oh, I have a responsibility as a global citizen to slow the spread of this, because if we if we're able to do that, we might save a percentage of lives a, a, yeah. on, a, on a big number and yeah uh, a, per, a percentage of of businesses on on a big number and and so I've told my my mind has recently shifted on this,
0: yeah, I mean I kind of think everybody in one way or another, like the you know we've we've lived through things like this before that seems like a big deal and people were talking about it and then before it ever really impacted either of us it died out. And, you know, in the early days of this, I think that's what everyone was thinking it was like, I'm just going to sit here and do my normal thing and it'll, it'll go away on its own. And, um, who knows what what will actually happen? one thing like neither of us should act like we're, you know, know what the future holds, but, uh, it's definitely different from, from previous times. Right.
1: Yeah. And I have done it. I've gotten to the point now where I will feel regret if I don't think about contributing in some way to, slowing this thing down. Um, and it made it really easy actually to cancel the event, even though Mm -hmm. it wasn't something that any of us wanted to do. The messaging around it is pretty simple. Um, it's not like, it's like, listen, let me explain why we decided to do this. It's our responsibility to do this. And the cool thing is it coincides. The the blessing is that it coincides with what we're doing with the new member management software. So we can basically Explain, hey, while we're not doing an event, we're going to put all of our energy into getting the virtual community up, so that yeah. there's you know while while we're going through this as together, um, we can still help each other.
0: Cool, and so yeah, that's probably what we'll spend most of our time on talking about later. Um, yeah. but we'll we'll kind of dive into that a little more. You got some other updates before we do all that.
1: Yeah, so leg up health, uh, I hit a huge milestone today. All my appointments with the major medical, which is basically the real health insurance companies in Utah, are uh, through. So I am active. And th- what this means is if you live in Utah or you're a resident of Utah and you want to buy a a, health, a real health insurance plan, a major medical health insurance plan, um, whether it's through the exchange or you're going to go direct to an insurance company, no matter what health insurance company you want to go to, I can, I can help with that. So... I am a one-stop shop now, uh, which was a huge, huge sort of moat to cross into this regulated business uh, arena. Um, so I'm I'm excited about that. Now I'm shifting my focus to, uh, and I should add some context here. One one thing that we've talked about a lot is i I've kind of I, I've I've increased my confidence around customer acquisition to where customer acquisition is not my concern anymore. Is a risk, is it is an assumption around the business in terms of de-risking it? Um, my major, my concern right now is more around: well, how am I going to systematize and scale serving this so that it's sustainable? And once you get to a certain you know scale, this thing works, but getting to that scale is going to be really difficult without capital. Um, so you know, I'm, instead of focusing immediately on going out and getting more users, I'm actually, this is something you were challenging me on a couple of weeks ago. I'm going to spend the majority of my time for the rest of this month, building out the login portal to automate a lot of the, automate's the wrong word, but like build, productize a lot of the service items to see if I can do that um, and de-risk the assumption that I can do that. Because once I do that, then I should be it should really come down to execution,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and uh, and dealing with some surprises as they come. But so I'm 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 now in product development mode, and it's again it's very similar to the new new member management software. I have a lot of focus with Up Health, and it's centered around something that scratches that thing that's fun for me, which is building something. And uh, yeah, it's a it's a hugely motivating.
0: Well, one thing that uh, I like about both of your updates that they kind of have in common is I think part of the, the whole startup to last thing is like it, there's a difference between running a business with the goal of we have to double every three months until we're a billion dollar company versus like, let's focus on a smaller win here, which significantly increases the odds of it working. It just probably reduces the upside if it does work, or at least in, within the same time frame. So like you're not gonna be a billionaire in five years at this rate. But you're much, much more likely to be self-sustaining and all that.
1: Totally, yeah. It, both of these, um, both of these invest, like these shifts in focus, are around long-term, lasting versus short-term making money. And both are made with the in, in, with the idea in mind that we're willing to sacrifice short-term gains to have that. And you're exactly right. That is starting up to last for sure. Mm-hmm. Cool. Last awesome. thing I, I and this is related to coronavirus, but like I've been surprised at the lack of communication from Microconf around coronavirus. It's like uh, uh MicroConf is a conference of independent startups that meets in Minnesota. And now that I'm get now that I'm to the point where I am with panel labs, I'm going, Okay, what other events am I planning to attend? This one's in April in uh Minnesota and I'm realizing I haven't heard a single thing about the coronavirus and I'm surprised, honestly.
0: Yeah, I'm, I just uh, a couple days ago got invited to like, they have a Slack group. I think it's called Microconf Connect. And some people were talking about it in there. It does sound like they are taking it seriously and thinking about it. It, it seems inevitable to me. Like, there's no way the event happens. Uh, there's no way any. There, are, I think, less at Less Knowing Serum, we scheduled to go to three, four, five conferences in the next few months. And I just can't imagine any of them happening. But mm. I mean, just think about how difficult it must be. To not just to be running an event, but for that event to be literally 100% of the revenue your organization brings in in a year, it's maybe a decision between like, do I go out of business? Yes or no. And as much as it's obvious to an outsider that yes, you need to cancel this. I can see why they're dragging their feet. Saster did the same thing a little bit uh, where it's like, that's your whole business. It's just got to be devastating.
1: Yeah. That's a good point, man. Yeah. I can't, I, I didn't, I didn't even think about that. It, th- that is the business. Microcom's business is events.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, Panda Labs, in a sense, b- business is events, but it's so great that you have recurring revenue instead of like everyone. Like this is such, uh, th- I think this whole, whatever happens over the next six to 12 months, it's going to make everybody even more enthusiastic about recurring revenue. Because if if you have that revenue stream, yeah, some people might churn, it might suck, but you're probably not going to go out of business. But if it's like I was relying on a one-time source of revenue it might just disappear entirely totally totally so yeah
1: um i'm the other thing i'm worried about is i have a trip planned to see my family uh my my side of the family for two weeks in north carolina and right after the microconf i'm actually going there before microconf and then leaving for microconf and then coming back to north carolina so it's like a two-week stay in north Carolina. I don't ever get to see my family in person. So if I have to end up canceling that, I'm going to be pretty bummed.
0: Yeah. Yep. I think a lot of people are facing similar, similar decisions. What
1: about you? What are you up to?
0: Um, so yeah, cause we, we didn't have an episode last week. So it, uh, some various things have happened. I, um, two weeks ago I was saying I was about to start having one-on-ones with employees um, about, I gave the company presentation to everybody and then scheduled an hour long one-on-one with each person. And I do this every six months. So Um, I don't like have a. I I have, a big long list of stuff that came out of that. You know, people had suggestions and stuff like that, but one thing like that maybe isn't a first ever, but I, I got a lot of feedback that was kind of like emotionally draining sort of, it wasn't like bad stuff exactly, but we're a company that everything is always so kumbaya happy. And when people do give like it, not big problems, it's the type of thing at a different company, these problems exist all over the place, but just a few of these things that are fixable, but all that, it, it kind of drained me, uh, sitting, I, cause I scheduled these meetings back to back nine to five, two days in a row. By the end of that Friday, like the second day, I was, I was like, holy crap. Like (laughs) I, I just got too much feedback all at once. Um, anyway, I kind of slept on it over the weekend and it was totally fine. And already like a bunch of the stuff has been resolved and, it really wasn't a big deal, but that was kind of a a brief moment of like being stressed out or whatever. I'm normally not very stressed about this stuff.
1: Was it emotionally draining because you did too much back to back to back or was the content surprising in some way?
0: Um, a combination of both. Like I've done back to back before. And most of the time what happens is I kind of ask people questions like, you know, what's your least favorite thing? Or, you know, that, that Genre of questions, and maybe one or two people have something, but most people just kind of give cop out answers, and they're like, "Oh, my least favorite thing is like I think I gave you the example. One person was like, "I want salt and pepper shakers on yep. the kitchen table," and I was like, "Okay, <laughs> that's easy." Um, <laughs> this time it was just like I got a lot more thoughtful answers, and people were just more vulnerable and open, which is good because that means I can solve those problems. But it also like sitting for an hour with someone talking about something they're not like miserable about, but like legitimately could be em- better. It's emotional it's, about. Yeah. It it takes a toll. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I, b- by Monday I was totally like back in the game and everything, but like f- Friday afternoon I was a little bummed out. Can you, well, can you
1: share, um, any, you obviously have gone through some change cycles, uh, through mm-hmm. those meetings. And then since then, where are like where where have you been, and where have you gotten on this
0: stuff? um so a few of the things are just pretty solvable. It's just like we just need to work on it, and it's a time thing like uh you know some things that we're not growing that fast anymore, but something worked at twelve people and it's kind of breaking down at eighteen that type of thing that's that's easy that's no problem um a couple of things were maybe like external to what's happening at the company, like an employee kind of being like. Here's what I want with my life, and does the company fit with that? Sort of. Um, those are harder to solve. But one of the one of the reasons I was in a better place on Monday is I was just like, we need to enable them to do this, but at the same time, like some of that is their own stuff outside of work, and it's th- I, I'm appreciative that they told me about it. But what I, when someone tells me a problem, my instinct is like, I have to fix it, right? And what I now realize is if I can help, I should, but they weren't, they weren't asking me to fix it. They were just letting me know. And that de-stressed me a lot. Just being like, this is not my job. 100%. This is largely on them.
1: That's interesting. I, I heard, a there's a quote that's in my head. I don't remember where I, where I heard it, but it, it goes something like um, behind every complaint is a request. And you, I, I often make assumptions around uh, complaints being the request solve my problem. Um, mm-hmm. When in reality, maybe all they wanted was your empathy.
0: Yeah. Or, exactly. And it yeah. wasn't even a complaint necessarily. It was just like, I asked a question that was like, tell me something emotionally hard. And they answered it. They they weren't even coming to me proactively with this. I asked them to tell me, and I just needed to interpret it as like, I'm, I'm here for you, but also every problem is not going to be fixed a week from now. You know? Yeah. And
1: did you find that um, you got more vulnerable with people than you had before
0: in these meetings? Um, I think I've been personally vulnerable, as in, like, here's my fears, here's my concerns. I'm pretty good at that. I'm less good at, like, being vulnerable with them on their stuff. So I guess maybe in that sense, I did. I, I was more vulnerable. Yeah.
1: Cool. Do you think you, like, do you think is your have you got any feedback on like people enjoyed letting you in on that? Do you think like people got value out of letting you in on that, or was it a bad? Was there a um, or do they feel like they let let go of too much?
0: I have no idea. Honestly, I, I went on vacation the next day, so or like the the Tuesday <laughs> of the next week. So I have this long list of stuff. Mo- mostly, it's all pretty transactional stuff to work on, but like. Uh, I was like, okay, well, I've got, I got a lot of stuff to work on when I get back.
1: <laughs> are there any major themes that are coming out that you, as you look at 18 different responses to a question and map
0: them, does it come into like three or four core things? Um, the stuff that, uh, I think is most difficult. No, it's, it's all pretty like personal stuff mm-hmm. and all that. And like, I know some employees listen to this, so I'm not <laughs> getting into yeah, details. Yeah, or anything. Not, yeah, yeah, of course. Um, but like th- there were a couple things that some of the more transactional stuff that's easier to resolve was like, you know, a certain decision was made with good reason, but that reason was not communicated properly to people. And so like, they were like, I just want to know what's up with this thing. And I explained and they're like, Oh, well that makes sense. You should have said that when, when the decision was made. So, uh, you know, it's always a work in progress, like learning those things.
1: So one, one personal issue, one, one personal stuff, one bucket of communication issues. Any Mm. other high level bucket?
0: Uh, I'll have to go through my list again. A lot of it was just like good ideas. Like one thing that came out of it as a bucket is, here's five different things. Like here's a marketing idea. Here's a way company culture could be better, but it wasn't so much problems as just like, I've been thinking about this. Should we try it? That's and awesome. I heard it. Some of those things I heard and I was just like, yes, that's a phenomenal idea. Absolutely. Would you
1: um, say that you're glad you did the one-on-ones at this point?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely always am. I, I always wonder like what what you're missing, like what you're not hearing and stuff like that, but it's definitely better than doing nothing. For sure. Cool. Um, So, anyway, that's been happening. And um, I've already been starting to work on uh, one of the things that came out of it. So, so one specific thing, an example of someone kind of saying an issue that uh, exists outside of work, but that might impact work is somebody wants to reduce the number of hours they work. The impression I get is like they're happy working here and all that, but they can't do everything they want outside of work at 40 hours a week. So, one thing I'm drafting up right now is like, how do we make a three or four day week possible instead of five. So that's my current project from from all that stuff. Yeah. That's cool. Um, Aside from that, uh, again, I probably for respecting the other person's privacy, you shouldn't get too deep into this, but we just fired our first full-time employee ever, um, which was a bummer. Uh, The person we hired most recently did not work out. That's the first time that's ever happened. Uh, So yeah.
1: Yeah. This is a tough one.
0: Uh, yeah. Maybe I should just talk to you outside the podcast. Yeah. like is
1: there anything that you? I think that like staying in the in the big bucket area, are mm-hmm. there any learnings that you've had that you could share?
0: We're trying to figure that out, and I okay. think right now my my answer is no. We have a meeting scheduled. Where we're going to kind of do a post mortem and, and figure it out. But um, the the general category is uh, his skill set was phenomenal in some areas and not in others, and the way in which it was phenomenal shows up very, very well in an interview. Um, we've tried to, we've kind of started discussing, is, is there something in the interview that could have happened to uncover that? Or is there something we could have done to correct that behavior? I, right now, my answer to both of those things is no. Like sometimes things don't work. Uh, I don't want to overreact here. You know, Basecamp has that saying, don't scar on the first cut. Meaning if something goes wrong and it's only happened once, don't assume it's ever going to happen again. Um, so it's possible that this was a one-off thing and there's nothing to learn from this, but I don't want to like not take it seriously at the same time.
1: Well, the fact that you've been in business, what, 10 years and this is the first person, like the first employee that you've had not work out like this, like that's pretty awesome.
0: Yeah. So that, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm taking that attitude that we've hired maybe a total of, we have 18 people right now, but. Some have left and we've replaced them, so it's called twenty-five people total. And like yeah, I, I don't I don't think there's some like major issue we need to resolve, but maybe there were some things to learn from this. So we'll we'll dive into that. Cool. Um Yeah, I've I've got other updates here, but I realize we're dragging on, so I think maybe let's just start like the, the big thing I think on everyone's mind right now is like Coronavirus, but then also that leads to kind of like macroeconomic stuff. Where uh, I think, as of an hour ago, we're officially in a bear market for the first time since two thousand nine or whatever. Uh, stock market is tanking. The a lot, you know, we sell to businesses, and a lot of those businesses are impacted by this stuff. So um, lots of impact there. So I guess that's kind of what we're going to dive into today. It's not exactly a deep dive like we normally do, but just kind of talking through all these considerations. So. You already introduced how this affects you. Maybe I can go over some things that have been on my mind and you can pick what you want to talk about here.
1: And by this, are you referring to coronavirus or are you specifically referring to the second order effect of coronavirus
0: in the economy? Um, both. Okay. So I, we're not, we're not going to get into like, you know, neither of us are doctors or anything. So I don't think there's much to say in terms of like. Other than how does this affect our businesses? We have probably not a lot interesting to say here. Do do you agree with that?
1: Yeah, I would say that there's sort of like two categories. One is, hey, there's a first order effect of coronavirus, which is causing... like If you're in the travel industry, you are... I'm just going to say it, fucked. Uh, There's no better word for it. And it's not like anything... There's not anything you can do except be fucked um, and i have math, massive empathy for people in that situation um especially early founders and startups who had something going and is it's literally going from you know they they may have made it from 0 to 1 and now they're back to one from 1 to 0 and mm-hmm. um so that's like what i call first order and then there's second order of like hey um the first order effects are causing a, a macro sort of financial you know, impact, which is having some second order effects on businesses of all types. And I, I guess uh, maybe we could talk about the first order effects first and how they impact yeah. you.
0: Well, and so the, the, probably the most direct first order effect for everybody is working remotely, I think.
1: Oh yeah. Um.
0: So just like this is happening so, so quickly uh, as of last Friday. So we're recording this on a Wednesday. So as of Friday, we were kind of thinking like it would be an overreaction in St. Louis, you, you know, on the coasts, I think this hit faster in St. Louis. We were like, this isn't really here yet. On Friday, we were thinking it would be an overreaction to do pretty much anything right now. Let's just keep an eye on it. By Monday, I sent an email out saying it, anyone can work remotely as much as you want um, today, Washu, the big university in St. Louis announced pretty dramatic measures, like not, not just, we're going to do remote classes, but literally they're shutting down the whole campus. Students are getting kicked out of their dorms, even if they're international students. If you're not currently on campus, you're not allowed to go back to get your stuff. Um, so at this point we're saying, should we just force like do mandatory remote work? I, that doesn't seem like an overreaction to me at this point. What do you think about that?
1: I don't know. Um, I would say, so just to add to what, the situation salt lake city just stated a national or a state a s- or city state emergency, of emergency yeah. state, state of emergency they're not a state it's a city um but but they they just released that today um and so i mean i'm not so sure that i'm at the point of if or, you know of forcing people to change their behavior, um, but I am at the point of if you're in a situation where you are forcing people or incentivizing people to do things that are kind of intuitive to the for the larger community and the spread of this, then you probably should remove those incentives. So I, I don't know if I go all the way to you can't come in the office but maybe it's something like, I mean, this is for me, like this, the equivalent would be with the event at Panda labs. Like we couldn't like have that, like that would be, we, it just wasn't right. Like we were telling people to come to an event together. I, so, yeah, but
0: I mean, going into work is similar to going to an event, isn't it?
1: I think so. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I guess as an employee, when it's related to my livelihood, I don't know. I guess I feel a little differently on a tra- on a on a one time event than than a uh, something is different about when you you're told you can't
0: come to work. I I don't know. Yeah, so I'm in San Francisco right now. A lot of the the companies here have already done this. Have said they they went through the same transition where it's like you are allowed to work remotely, and then you have to work remotely. One thing that is on my mind, again, neither of us are experts on this topic, but if you look at other countries, I don't like, it's pretty clear what the future holds, like what a week from now is going to look like. Just not, not cause I can, I'm some expert, but just other countries are a week or two weeks ahead of us and they are totally shut down. A part of me is like, what's the point of holding out hope that this isn't going to be necessary? Like if it's going to be necessary a week from now, why not be on the f- front of it?
1: Well, I think there's like, maybe it would, help to just explore why it might be a good idea to do that.
0: Hey, Shelly. <laughs> he says, Hey, Shelly. <laughs> Shelly for, for those listeners at home. Uh, <laughs> Shelly just walked through the background. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I haven't seen her in a while, so it's nice yeah. to see her. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <sorry> Anyways, <laughs> um, it might, it might be helpful to take a step back and say, why is it a good idea to do this from a selfish standpoint? Um, for you. So why is it a good idea for less knowing CRM to force everyone to re- work remotely? The number one reason selfishly for you guys to do it is to spread out as much as you can individual employees getting sick. So, you know, if it, you, the worst thing that could happen for you is having everyone get sick at the same time. And I have to, like an assumption I'm operating under is that most people are going to get sick. So uh, some high percentage of people are going to get sick in the US at some point with this virus. It's not a question of if on that, it's more of a question of when. And by by forcing people to work remotely, you can potentially have people you know g- get sick at different times um, based on random independent exposure versus everyone being exposed one day at the office.
0: Yeah. That's certainly a benefit. I don't think it's like necessarily a given that everyone's going to get like, everyone's more likely to get sick if everyone comes in the office, but maybe it'll happen. Maybe it won't, but at the very least it might spread it out.
1: Yeah. For me, like, I don't think there's any, I mean, this is, I'm not a medical professional, but what, from what I've read, it's unlikely that we're going to, With I don't, People are unlikely to act in a a way that prevents the spread of this disease.
0: (laughs) Um, Yeah, so that's an interesting point, though. Like, one of the things on my mind, you were saying, like, to be selfish, but there's also a non selfish argument, which is like, people are more likely to act selfishly and irrationally if institutions are signaling that that's okay. And so, one of the reasons I want to do this is to be like, you know, maybe it's an overreaction, who knows, but I'd rather overreact than underreact and send the message that this should be taken seriously.
1: So yeah, that's another reason to do it, which is um, it's important for your values and who you are to be a leader in, you know, social responsibility.
0: I almost feel like that's true of every tech company slash startup. Like it's not a great look to whether it's this or trends in the economy or anything. It's not a great look to be like, Something was obvious to most people, and we didn't react until we, we were on the other end of the bell curve rather than the early adopters
1: they're, they're, I want to differentiate between doing the right thing because it's the right thing and it's value based versus you know mini, you know what I would call you know bad scenario minimization. so mm-hmm. like pr- protecting your brand doing it because of what people will think if you don't, if certain things happen is different than saying this is the right thing to do, we're going to do it this way because it's the right thing to do. Which one, which one are you ta- you're talking more about this is the right thing to do because it's the right thing to do.
0: I think both, honestly, um, more the right thing to do. Yes. But I just see very little downside in it, I guess. And there is a perception thing, I think like probably we'll all have forgotten about this a year from now, but if we haven't, I, I, I don't want the perception to be, we were part of the problem, you know, you'd regret that. Yes. Yeah. So
1: that's the other selfish reason to do it is minimizing your own regret as a leader of a company. And that for me was a big thing for panel labs. Like I did not want to have that event personally. And if one member dies from this, I, that would be like, Mm -hmm. I I don't know, like I would really regret not doing everything I could have done to prevent that.
0: Yeah. I think there's with, with previous versions of this, um, like SARS and stuff like that, it would have been an overreaction to say, like, there's real economic damage done by, for example, shutting down business travel and not going to the office and stuff like that. There's real harm done if it's not a serious threat where where you happen to be. Um, so I think I'm not saying you should always just immediately shut down everything because someone gets sick. But I think we're past whatever the threshold is here of, like, whatever the the cost of taking this seriously is seems to me like... It
1: worth it at this point yeah and i, I shutting things. we're not talking about shutting things down we're talking about rethinking how we're doing the same things like you're not saying go go home and don't work you're saying go home and work and figure out how to work together remotely which you are already planning to do in december anyway this yeah, year so yeah. like it's 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 really like and, and like you know traveling like there aren't there there for our businesses the benefit of travel is not a necessity to operate our businesses. It's not a, it's not a go to zero situation for either of our businesses. It is a slow down, uh, you know, negative slightly. It's a negative impact for sure on growth, but like it's, it's not a killer.
0: Yeah. And I actually think that's one of the, the common threads between all this stuff, the coronavirus, the potential recession that we may be facing is, and, and I think this ties to the startups last thing is like, this is going to validate a lot of things that some companies do anyway and the companies that weren't already doing this stuff it might be i don't want to say too late i don't want to be like you know a doomsday type person but um they may regret not having these things in place so one version of this you just said we already allowed remote so i think we've talked a lot on this podcast of should a company be fully remote should it be co-located where everyone's in an office you said you think you might go fully remote you're not sure so, all
1: my companies right now are remote first, yeah, and we don't have a like when you start
0: hiring employees is the real time when that. But even if you're co-located, I like if we, we have the policy of one remote day per week anyway, and we were like you referenced, we're planning on this these coming holiday season letting everyone go remote for a month and a half. I'm really glad we've done all that stuff because it's not like a radical change for us to say okay, indefinitely starting now how about
1: everybody goes remote? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And how about everyone is
1: in a situation where they can go remote if they need to, like it's, mm-hmm. how about everyone, you know, let's have a plan for when travel is a big part of our meetings that we have a, another way of doing that. Like, even if you're already remote, like let's say if you're a sales rep and you know, you, you need to travel to go do business development, like you know, hopefully you have some systems built that allow you to, not travel and not take, not to get
0: on the flight. So, and another one like this, that I think hopefully you've like you, the hypothetical listener have already done, but uh, I feel really thankful that we are relatively diversified, both in terms of how we acquire customers, what industries we serve, stuff like that. So this kind of segues into the financial, like macro kind of second order effects. Um, You mentioned the travel industry is in big trouble. Many, you know, the event and just live events, sports teams, musicians, stuff like that. There are lots of industries and, and it trickles down to so many others. I was talking to some friends earlier today who were like, well, I'm not going to go to the dentist because why risk it? Right. I had, they were planning on having contractors come in and remodel their home. And they're like, well, not right now. We're not, uh, lots and lots of industries are going to be affected here. Um, I, not that this is the reason we did it, but I feel very thankful that Wing serum sells to like a hundred different industries and this will probably hurt us. But it, it would hurt us a lot more if we were only selling to travel agents or something like that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So so. diversification and kind of having like, not, not really having a single point of failures. Uh, I've always like known intellectually that that's valuable. And now, right now it's kind of like getting real where it's like, yeah, this would be devastating.
1: Honestly, um, CRMs are going to, like, if you think about it, your business actually becomes more critical in a remote working world because yelling at each other across the office um, on you know, who to call next and that stuff that people do to, to collaborate in person um,
0: won't be there. Yeah, I mean, so let me ask, how would you think through? One thing we're doing right now is thinking, what do we need to do? in preparation of like what might be coming right like maybe things will bounce back and everything will be normal but what should we be doing right now that's different from normal operations
1: so i mean first i think uh family like you gotta think you gotta you gotta take care of your family situation first and um so for me like i i pulled all my money out of the markets so that i'm not worrying about that um i did that it, thankfully before. So if you have any investments in the, in the market and you are micro, I'm um, more of a micro shorter term person on that, then pull it out, get, get, stabilize your financial situation.
0: Uh, Let me just say, that's not the official advice of startup to last.com. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, you're an index fund guy, aren't you? I am a never, ever time the market for any reason. Person. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you should be set up in a situation where you can absorb major losses. If and you really that's, do
1: that. that's what I think I'm, I'm really saying is you need to secure your financial, personal financial situation and maximize your personal runway so that you can make good decisions. Um, or what I would say is non, um, lower level Maslow hierarchy of needs decisions. You need to secure shelter, food th- from a being able to afford it standpoint, like give yourself, you and your family, a lot of personal runway so that, you aren't dependent on the business that you're running uh to um for those things Uh, so give yourself personal flex like flexibility give the business some flexibility on what it needs to do for you um then it's inside the business i mean I, i ask you a couple questions uh how many people are you planning on hiring this year
0: so we've given one offer and uh, which was accepted last year. So we're, we're certainly not going to change that decision. But um, prior to all of this, we'd made the decision to fire that person I talked about earlier in the episode. The plan was to try and replace that person. And right now we're thinking, let's give it a couple weeks and see where things stand. Maybe it'll be fine. But if not, we may, be, we may regret Or let me, let me back up. We may appreciate having the financial buffer of one less person on payroll. Cool.
1: So yeah. So maybe slow down on hiring and put, press pause on that until there's more information. Um, The other uh, thing is, are you, are you, um, do you have sort of like a forecasted, have you thought through like, what are the scenarios in which this could affect us in the, let's just call it next nine months?
0: I guess so. It's The word forecast is so hard here because it's like, who knows what might happen? What we, we actually did this before any of this started just for other reasons, but we kind of said, what happens if we plateau right now? So not that we start shrinking, but there's zero growth from now on. Can we, like, what do we do as a company? And the answer we came to there was, we probably are okay, but we have to, it would be hard. We'd have to be like, we have guaranteed raises for people if we literally stop growing entirely, maybe we can't get people to the highest salary that we had previously said we would. Stuff like that. Um, It doesn't lead to anything like layoffs or anything like that.
1: Okay. So you're in a pretty good financial situation. I mean, are there, uh, I mean, I guess, are there things that, do you you have like certain areas where you're more worried about than others? Like, take the travel industry, for example, I think you were going to target that as a vertical strategy, like marketing strategy. Has that, has that changed your...
0: Yeah, that's one of the topics I want to discuss here is, so for, for people who didn't listen, it was two weeks ago, I think we, the whole topic of our episode was, we're going after travel agents as our main focus for 2020. And like you said, I mean, I can't imagine any industries getting hit harder than them, which first of all, before any of this empathy for them, but... Given that, you know, I'm running this business and that's what I need to be focusing on. If I'm a
1: travel agent right now, I'm thinking I'm not purchasing new products. I am. Absolutely. I am
0: hunkering down. So we have considered two possible strategies. I'd be interested in your thoughts here. One is just now's not the time for travel agents. Let's go after an industry that might not be hurt as much like insurance is one that was also a consideration. Um, Another one was selling to, we actually have a lot of universities who are customers and when people don't have jobs, they go to grad school uh so that was another option the the second one so one is just pivot to a different industry and come back to travel agents later the second option was i i've heard from other people we were both at the very beginning of our careers in 2008 when the last major financial crisis happened i've heard from people that that is like the perfect time to invest and to come out of it as the leader like it's it's a time to kind of separate yourself from the pack so one thing we've been toying with is what if we keep going after travel agents, but just there are different ways to do it. Let me hypothetically throw out a possibility. What if we say all travel agents are free until this is over and basically say, you're going to have a hard time getting business travel agent right now. This is a perfect time to put things in place to come out strong on the other side. You can start using us and get us set up for free with zero risk and then versus like basically canceling whatever CRM you're using right now and, and having nothing because that's the alternative. I'm interested in your thoughts.
1: Uh, my view on this is, uh, this is not the time to go after, this is a very important test for you to run in terms of long-term growth for your company. And it's not, you're not doing it in an environment in which is repeatable. Mm-hmm. And so this feels like something that gets deprioritized for now, like this whole vertical strategy. Um, you know, I don't know. That's, that's where I stand.
0: You're saying don't do any vertical at all. down. We have to be doing something. I mean, Re- like we have we the got, time.
1: I, you got your referral program. It's getting back in situations like this. It's like let's let's what let's spend our time doing things that we have a high confidence in succeeding um, until this blows
0: over. The problem is we don't have anything like that. Okay. Um, like our problem historically, from a growth standpoint, has been a certain amount of growth just comes naturally, and we've really done nothing to deserve it aside from having a good product and good customer service. We've never had anything. Where it's like if we go try to get more customers, it works. Um, So we're going to try something. We have the people. We're not going to like lay people off or anything. So we're going to invest time somewhere.
1: So here's let me say it differently. Um, You have two sort of ways to look at the situation. Let's hunker down and get through this, or let's let's use this change in the economy as an opportunity to place some bets that have even bigger potential than what they would have in, in a normal situation. So like with with great change and with recession and with bad things that happen comes great opportunity. Seize the opportunity, take some make some bets right now. The, you kind of have to choose a mindset. It's not like Yeah. It doesn't feel like this is something where you can kind of play both you know play, both situations. Which which one do you lean to?
0: I lean towards that second one. Like, let's, I I look at my personal experiences in life as an example here. Um, You and I worked at a company that had 25, 30 people, almost all of them got laid off in the, in 2008. And while that was very hard for us and even harder for those people got laid off, it was the best thing that ever happened to you and me professionally. And I don't want to say this in a callous way where like, I'm glad that the recession happened, but it happened. And you and I shortcutted our careers 10 years because of that, because we were able to step in the leadership roles at that company. Um, I look at that and see like a shortcut. And if something like that's about to happen again, some people are going to benefit from it and I'd rather benefit than not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, I, that's the mindset
1: I, I, I have personally mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, I, it, it's hard to talk about this and not be misinterpreted, but this is the opportunity to pl- press the fast forward button on some opportunity that will present itself. I don't know what that is. Um, you, you, like your example, is a good one with the travel agencies. Let's let's go in. We're in a great financial position. Let's give this away for free. And this is an even better way to tackle the the to, to knock down the travel agent pen. Um, you just, I think you have to realize, like, in order to be able to take advantage of situations like this, you have to be in a pretty comfortable financial situation. Mm-hmm. Um which you sounds like you are both personally and at the, uh, business level. And that tells me that you're probably right. Let's go do it.
0: I know that something Salesforce, uh, like Mark Benioff, the founder CEO of Salesforce has said is the biggest mistake they ever made was pulling back investment in 08. Now, like you say, not every company is in a position where they have a choice, but if you do, I don't know. I, I take that seriously. Something you said that I really like though is that I hadn't quite pieced together. Whatever we do, it's a one-time thing. Um, The goal should not be, let's put together a repeatable channel that we can continue doing for the next five years, if we're going to do anything at all. And I think there's an argument for not doing anything, but if we're going to, it has to be, we've got one shot situations unique. What's the most creative idea we have and almost just go for it without any real science, scientific approach to it.
1: Yeah. And I, I, I guess um, I would just, I'm kind of challenging myself with this comment. If you figure out the, how to make this work, it's likely that it's replicable in some way. So for example, you can give away a your product in another vertical for a different reason if it works. Yeah. So I guess um I I guess uh there will be a you will find a science if whatever if you are successful, however you do it, there will be some science that comes out of it that it, that you can take to the next vertical. Um so I guess I don't feel as negative about it as, as I originally stated.
0: Okay. But e- even if that's true, like thing, things would be different um, unless you do them all. In the environment would be different. Can't do. The yeah.
1: environment would be hard to rep- reproduce. Yeah. Interesting.
0: Um, cool. And then, yeah, I guess the other thing that it, I may, maybe sounds obvious, but so an argument could be made, we're going to be better off in a recession. I don't know if that's true or not, but an argument can be, made: we're very affordable A lot of companies are going to be down, like downgrading to us, basically. I'm of the opinion, and I, this seems like a no brainer to me, but we should act, we should assume this will be very hard for us. Even if that doesn't end up being the case, we should be pulling back in terms of like not making this extra higher that we don't have to make things like that. Do you agree with that?
1: Well, I I think, um, I think this goes back to what I was saying on the personal front. It's like, you want to put yourself in a situation to be able to pounce on the inevitable opportunities that will come as a result of of this downturn and you don't want to jump too early. Mm -hmm. Um, And you definitely don't want to be jumping on things that aren't part of the change, which are the things you've already planned. So um, it's almost like when when I was talking about pulling money out of the market, it's like, why do I want to pull out of the money in the market? Well, I'd like to have that in cash to be able to, you know, seize something that may present itself and, or maybe I put it back in the market. I don't know, but you know, it's it's um, it's putting yourself in a position to take advantage of opportunity if and when it's presented. Um, there's a this I, we may have talked about this in the past on on a podcast, but I love the Knowledge Project, which is another podcast um, hosted by Shane Parrish, and he interviews some of my favorite people. One person he interviewed was a guy named Jim Collins. He wrote um, Built to Last, Good to Great. Um, he has a new one out. I don't know exactly the name, but he talks about luck in in this podcast, and he says um, bad luck can kill you. But good luck is rarely the reason for ultimate success. But really, really good companies weather bad luck and put themselves in a position to take advantage of good luck. What well, you don't want to be in a situation is is you're so so worried about the bad luck that's happening right now that you don't see the good luck that's presented as change happens. And you don't put yourself in a position to take advantage of that. So for me, it's first and foremost, put yourself in the best position to weather the bad luck, and then like be a you know be a hawk looking for opportunities to to seize good luck because they will be small but they will happen and yeah. uh and you're in the right posi- it seems like your your business is in the right situation to weather the bad luck pretty easily and then have some firepower available to place some uh some bets on on the opportunities that present themselves.
0: Yeah, I, I like that a lot. Um, I, I As you were talking, I was kind of thinking of parallels between one of the topics that comes up a lot when we talk is trust. And that's kind of like almost a cultural parallel, like you're talking about financial stuff with that, but it's kind of the same idea of put yourself in a safe place so that you can kind of spend that trust when an opportunity arises. And you're kind of saying the same thing, put yourself in a financially safe place so that when when there's an opportunity to be lucky, you have a little bit of dry powder to go after it. If you're always on the on the razor's edge, you're never going to be like the companies that really come out of this with momentum are going to be the ones that held back a little bit, probably.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. Yeah, cool. Yep.
1: Yeah. But, but the best phrase to summarize is put yourself in a situation where you can take advantage of good luck if it happens. There's no guarantee that it will happen, but like the worst situation is when good luck happens and you're not in a position to take advantage of it. What a shitty situation.
0: Yep. Absolutely. Cool. Um, well, a lot of uncertainty still. Do, do you have, I know we kind of like moved on from your topics. Do you want to go back to any of your stuff related to coronavirus or any of that?
1: The only thing that I think, I think it came out just there. I, uh, well, well, one, I think I, I, I don't normally feel this way about things, but for some, for whatever reason, I understand the logic here. And I do think that if you're listening, if you have an opportunity to lead um, through this time and in, in terms of helping slow the spread, um, I think that you will not regret doing that. And you, if you don't, you might regret not doing it. So for as someone who has recently sort of converted to this way of thinking, um, you know, if you can slow the spread in some way, do it for your own good, <laughs> you know, your own mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, The other thing, the other takeaway for me is if you can put yourself in a position to seize opportunity, you and I know when recessions happen, when big things happen, there are all kinds of opportunities presented for people who are in a position to seize them. And we were in a position to seize them at Zane Benefits back in the day, Um, other people weren't. And we got a, we got a big, big opportunity. So if you, if you, if you can do some things right now, uh, to either increase your awareness of opportunities by like increasing your reading or, um, talking to people about, you know, seeing, like getting out of the negative space and putting yourself in the, in the, uh, Hey, where, where the question phase, like what's changing that's, that, that, that creates opportunity and look for those. It's kind of two parts. One is be in position to, to, to operate on to, to, to act. But the second part is like, start looking, start, Mm -hmm. you know, start turning, put your eyes to the, to the, to the, to the world and to the markets and see what happens you, you have a really big opportunity in front of you to enter, you know, start a business right now, um, or, uh, serve, you know, create a service model or, or do something that hasn't been done before. And this is often the time where you have, significantly less competition because everyone else is worrying about the
0: downside protection. Yeah. Some of the biggest companies in the world right now came out of the 08, uh, financial crisis. That's when Facebook got big. That's when Uber was started. Um, there, yeah, it, it sucks. This isn't to like celebrate the fact that any of this is happening, but, um, some people are going to come out swinging.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Did you have any other major
0: takeaways? No. Uh, I think that sounds good. Um, Yeah, we'll see. Uh, Probably when we talk a week from now, things will be totally different. So let's see where we're at then.
1: Yeah, I'll look forward to that.
0: All right, cool. Uh, You want to close this off here?
1: Yep. So everyone, thank you for listening. If you liked this episode, I have two favors to ask. First, please write a review on the podcast app of your choice because reviews play a huge role in helping other people discover useful podcasts. Second, if you know any founders or aspiring founders of independent startups, Please tell them about Startup to Last. And if you'd like to review past topics and show notes, visit startuptolast.com. I'll see you next week, Tyler.
0: All right. See you.